Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Living Room Sessions on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. sessions. We'll be bringing the experience of a live concert with amazing performers to you in the comfort of your own living room or wherever you are. I couldn't think of a more talented performer to kick off the premiere of the living room sessions than our first guest, the multi-talented and award-winning Miss Joni Harms. Hi, Joni, and thanks for being with us today. Hello, Gary. It's so nice to be here, and I'm truly excited about this new idea of the living room sessions that you're doing, and uh, mighty honored to be the first guest. Well, I could not think of a better person, as I said before, but right now, Joni, I'm going to just kind of sit back and listen to the concert and turn things over to you, and I'll be back with you in about an hour. So, Joni, take it away. Thank you, Gary. Well, that uh, first song you opened up with is uh, is a good one for me to kick things off with because uh, my early years were very much about cowboys and rodeos and future farmers of America 
and all those wonderful things. And, uh, you know, I did actually six years of different rodeo cleaning. And uh, so I was very much a fan of cowboys and, and cowgirls and the talents that they have in the arena and just some of the most genuine people you'll ever want to meet. A lot of the uh, folks that I met way back when I was just starting out to perform are still fans and friends, and and they will book me at a concert anytime they possibly can. So, so I do have a weakness for cowboys, and uh, you know, uh, when I was Miss Northwest Rodeo, uh, I wrote and uh, recorded some songs. That was my very first CD that I ever had out called Thoughts of You. And, uh, you know, that was a scary time. I thought, I wonder if anybody will ever even buy one of these things after I make it. And, of course, that was even some cassettes then. But uh, we did all right. We sold enough. And, uh, like I said, a lot of those cowboys and rodeos uh, supported me and my projects and my dreams of music to the point where I started just really making a career of it. And and that's what I did after high school uh, to start a band and we played at a lot of rodeos, uh, some bars. I always did try to stay away from that so that I could really focus on my songwriting because I've loved writing songs ever since I was just a little girl. And uh, I was playing at a resort in, at Black Butte Ranch, which is in Sisters, Oregon, a lovely place. And I was playing in the bar there, and these folks came in and they sat and really listened the first night, and then by golly, they came back a second and a third night, and I sat down at the table and visited with them, and one thing led to another to the point of where they said, you know, we really think uh, you have something here, and we would like to help sponsor another album for you. So I ended up going into just Portland, Oregon there, and played some of my own parts, and had a few other musicians come in, and, and uh, we recorded an album called I Want to Sing for You, and... Uh, continued to play a lot more shows and that was of course not only something to sell and make a little extra money at but it was also a tool that I could use to send out to other fairs and you know in different states and things like that where I could say this is this is what I do this is what I sound like and um, so that went on for about a year and things just continued to get bigger and better and that same couple that sponsored that album said, I think we need to go to Nashville. And uh, this wasn't my first trip to Nashville. I'd been there a few times and, and uh, been to the Opry with my mom and dad and, you know, always just big dreams of, uh, of, of getting there someday to try to be an artist myself. So when they said they thought that they wanted to take me to Nashville and see what we could do, I was, of course, on top of the world. And uh, we went there, and lo and behold, I got acquainted with Byron Gallimore, who as many of you know, has produced all of uh, Tim and Faith's uh, things as well as, oh, my gosh, lots of other huge country artists. And um, he'd been working some with with, uh, some artists that uh, actually was was, um, Blake Mavis was early George Strait producer, and he's the one that actually suggested Byron for my project. So we went in and we cut four songs, um, two of mine and two of some other uh, artists' music that I thought was fantastic. One of them was called Bluer Than His Eyes, which later became a single for me. And um, we recorded those songs, and then the idea was for Byron to try to shop them to a label for me. 
and see if we could get any attention from that. Well, I was all excited once we finished this four song demo and, and you know, want it to happen right now. Well, oh, time just went on and on and nothing was happening with it until probably about six months later, uh, Byron called and said, you know, I was uh, out playing golf with my, with my attorney and he said that he would like to listen to some of the music that I have because he had a game coming up with Mr. Jimmy Bowen who, as a lot of people know, uh, huge man. I mean, Frank Sinatra, George Strait, Reba McIntyre, the list goes on and on about all the people that Jenny Bowen was involved with their careers. And so uh, Byron called me and told me that, and I said, well, for heaven's sake, yes, do that. And so uh, he played several tapes for his attorney friend, and luckily mine was one of the ones chosen, and it's uh, if Ralph Gordon was the attorney's name, and if he if he won the game that day, then he was going to be able to play his music for his other uh, players on the golf game, which included Jimmy Bowen. So that's a weird way of uh, finally getting my music in front, <laughs> in front of the Superman Jimmy Bowen, but that is exactly how it went down. And uh, I was fortunate enough that, uh, like I say, uh, Ralph Gordon won the game, played my music for Jimmy Bowen, and Jimmy Bowen... I uh, had his staff at MCA Records call and ask if I could come in for a meeting with, with him. And so this was about uh, late December. And I went in and, and visited with Jenny Bowen. And he asked me, I remember so very well, to play four songs of my own and four songs of some other artists that I really enjoyed and liked. And, of course, silly me, I didn't even bring my guitar to the studio where we had the meeting. So he said, well, um, since you don't have a guitar, here's Steve Warner's. Go ahead and play me songs on Steve Warner's guitar. And I was so thrilled that I was actually playing Steve Warner's guitar that <laughs> I wondered if I could even play. But I did, and uh, then it was early March before I ever heard anything back from uh, the label. So I had pretty much assumed that I didn't do well enough to, to get anything happening. And, and so I was, of course over the moon, happy when, when uh, they asked if I could come back. And I met with, with, with them, and we signed a contract, and I got uh, really excited because they said, you know, now I want you to write with some other songwriters, which I had never done before. I'd only written songs by myself. So uh, I got the chance to, to meet people that I would never have dreamed of getting to meet. And one of the very first ones was a guy by the name of Dan Tyler, and Dan and I were talking on our very first meeting together, and, and uh, he said, well, you know, you're, uh, we got a lot, a lot of things on your plate right now, really, don't you, Joni, with being, you know, just, just trying to be out here making music. And I said, yeah, and a lot of my friends are married and having kids, and I said, I don't know how they do it. A lot of them come up and tell me they need a wife. Well, there it was. We both kind of looked at each other as soon as I said that and said, there's our song. So we wrote the song I Need a Wife, which ended up being my first single out on uh, what they decided to start a new label uh, only by Jimmy Bowen called Universal Records. And that was my, my very first debut on a, with a national record deal. And, and uh, it'd be great if you would play that for us right now. on the coffee and wake up the kids for 15 minutes I'm a short order 
face the mirror to see how I look And I look a little tired But the clock says seven and it's time to go I face the traffic and it's moving slow It's hard to be a mama when you're working too Sometimes I wonder how I make it through But I do, I always do on the Billboard charts, and then my second single was uh, Bluer Than His Eyes that uh, Byron Gallimore had introduced me to that song. I love that song, too, and it was also a top 20 single on Billboard charts, and my first um, opportunity to make a video, which we did out in Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, what a what a thrill, you know, and then, then I had the opportunity to start doing some shows like Nashville Now, that one Ralph Emery uh, had, and and. Uh, just things that uh, meant the world to me. Got the chance to play the Grand Old Opry, which there's hardly a bigger thrill I've had in my life than that, I don't think. It just standing in that uh, circle where so many great legends have stood and sang is, is amazing. I've had the opportunity to, opportunity, excuse me, to do that several times since, but it, uh, it is never short of uh, amazing experience. And um, so those, those songs did pretty well for me, but the album, unfortunately, didn't get released so people could get it because there was some friction going on with Universal and MCA Records. They were housed in the same building. So Jimmy Bowen decided to take over Capitol Records, and so they wanted to wait and release my album once I got moved over there to Capitol Records. And uh, that took, oh, golly, several, several months, almost a year before we got moved over there. And then I got sent into the studio with with, uh, James Stroud, 
with another great producer to what they decided I needed to do was freshen up the album so it was a little more ready to go, I guess. And so we recorded a couple more songs, one of them being a song called Tear It Up, and that finally got released. Um, same time, Garth Brooks with Friends in Low Places, and golly, I don't know how many others out there. And unfortunately, it seemed like it kind of got lost in the shuffle because there were just so many uh, artists having material released at the same time on the new Capitol Records label that Jimmy had. And so uh, they decided they needed to skim their roster, and I was one of the ones that got let go. And I thought that was the end of the world for a period of time. But, you know, um, as one of my songs, Cowboy Up, which we might do a little later, is what we need to do in life with, with just so many different things, not just music. It's about being able to, you know, when you have a lose your job or you or whatever it is, you know, we just we need to say, well, you know, that's unfortunate, but life needs to go on. And uh, so I, I just kind of made a couple of albums on my own in that interim time. I, I did a Christmas album, and I did a, an album called Whatever It Takes, and it was doing fine, you know, because really a lot of doors had opened for me by having that national record deal. And so I got to start playing overseas, and I got invited to play places I would never have had the opportunity to go had it not been for that exposure I got with, with the, the record label. So. I was very happy with all that. And uh, then uh, I didn't have a songwriter deal at that time because that was kind of part of the thing that I'd signed with Jimmy Bowen. And uh, a dear friend who is uh, still uh, a better friend now than he ever was, a guy by the name of Tom Long, who had signed me to ASCAP uh, early on in the days, was running Ann Murray's publishing company. And he contacted me and said, I think I'd like to talk to you about being a writer for Am's company. So, of course, I jumped at that chance and went in and had a long meeting with Tom Long. And he signed me and said, I have a few people that I'm really excited about putting you with to write. I think you'll make magic. And one of those people was a fellow by the name of Hobo Jim Verhoes. And uh, by the end of the first day we wrote together, we'd written Long Hard Ride which many of you know, and a song called Harm's Way that I would record and title uh, an album of mine down the road. And uh, I don't know what the chemistry, you know, was about the two of us, but it just seemed like we were cut out of the same mold with our thoughts. And to this day, he's uh, not only a dear friend as well, but he is one of my go-to songwriters every time I'm in Nashville, as long as he's in town. I mean, he just is amazing. And uh, so thank you, Tom Long, for signing me to Belmer. And I wrote there several years and and uh, recorded another album called Are We There Yet? Because my kids were traveling a lot with me right then. And Olivia would have been about eight and Luke about six uh, when I wrote and recorded Are We There Yet? Which is a song that uh, another dear go-to writer of mine, and I even have him writing songs with Olivia now, is Mr. Wood Newton. And uh, I told him about this idea for a children's album because I said, you know, there's not a lot of great kids' music out there, and I'm getting inspired by a lot of the things that Olivia and Luke do to uh, to write some kids' music. Well, he was right on board and thought it was a good idea. So we wrote, Are We There Yet? I'm buckled up here in the back. With my blanket 
and my friend Pooh. I played with crayons, books, and puzzles. I can't think of one more fun thing to do. Are we there yet? When will we get to where you My feet could reach the pedal. If I was bigger, I could drive. And I'd have a magic little button. When I for people, but it's not just us. It's everybody that's missing out on their jobs, and thank goodness for the folks that are working uh, on the front line to keep us all as safe as possible. But I believe that uh, we're going to get through this, and we just got to keep our faith strong and pray and remember that this is not the very first time that America has been affected, or the whole world actually affected by something. There was times when uh, World War One, World War Two. I know the depression that uh, my folks and grandparents went through was amazing, and and uh, you know they lived through it. And it's it's uh, it then it comes and goes. It just seems to be a ride that uh, we all have to go on, and it's not something we we want or enjoy by any means. But but like I said, I think keeping the faith and trying to be really good to one another and and do the things we're supposed to do. Uh, is going to help us get through it. So 
Uh, my best to you all out there on that. And then we're going to get away from that and go back into some more fun things. Um, you know, really, uh, that album was, was good. I was still writing for Ann Murray's publishing company, doing some, some fun songs. And, and Tom Long, the gentleman I told you that to signed me to her uh, area to write and her production company, I said, um, you know, I've got some songs that I've, I've heard about a label called Warner Western, Tom. And he said, yeah, in fact, I wanted to talk to you about that. Do you care if I take a couple of your songs over there and pitch to them? Because right now they've got, um, you know, they've got the Sons of the San Joaquin. They've got Michael Martin Murphy. they got Red Steagall. And I don't know, but I think some of your music might work there. So I said, well, absolutely, please take it over there. And uh, lo and behold, something even bigger and better came out of that. Uh, I ended up being the first female that they signed to Warner Western. And so I was able to make an album called Cowgirl Dreams. And uh, it seemed like a dream to me because as much as I enjoyed and learned so much at the Capitol Records, uh, Universal Records deal, I really was given the opportunity to express who I was with the songs that I wrote. I wrote or co-wrote every song on the album um, the Jeanette Norman, who was running that label, said, "I want to uh, keep you as you are, and not, you know, let's 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 get you dressed as the cowgirl that you are." Um, and so, it was really, really a wonderful album that ended up getting me a write-up in People Magazine, USA Today. It was chosen by the Tennessean as one of the top ten CDs of the year. Uh, that album was was really something to get to be part of and that label. And unfortunately, right about the time that I got the word that it was one of the top 10 CDs of the year <laughs> and it looked like we were going to get a release on uh, Warner Brothers' regular label with Two-Step and Texas Blue, uh, they decided to close down that label for I don't know what reason it was. Uh, I wasn't maybe getting enough sold or whatever, but that was... That was very unfortunate, but another one of those things, time to cowboy up again. Um, but I think out of, uh, I'd like to play you one of the songs from that album. And uh, it's hard to choose because I was very proud of what we were able to put on there. But speaking of harder times and the depression and the things that I was talking about just a few minutes ago, um, there was something called the Sears and Roebuck catalog. And my mom and dad said that that was uh, the way they shopped, the way they dreamed about what they'd buy if they had the money. And once again, my friend Hobo Jim Verhoes and I wrote this little song, Catalog Dreams. Dream catalog dreams 
for me to say too that uh, I was very blessed through those Warner Western days to start getting some more sponsors um, boy Lucchese Boots has been great to me Shorty's Hattery out of Oklahoma uh, has really given me a lot of wonderful cowboy hats to wear Wrangler has been there for me since I was in the Northwest Rodeo in the band uh, Roper uh, Stetson you know I mean it's just it's amazing Bowen Silver has given me some beautiful pieces of silver to wear and so you know it made me feel good that I really was wanting to represent the Western clothing as well as Western music because uh, not a lot of the female artists in country music are doing that. And so I, I just had abundance of people get on board to help support the way I wanted to try to look and dress. And uh, so thank you big time to all those wonderful people. Um, and as I said, uh, right after things were doing pretty good on the Warner Western, they shut the doors on that. But just as the old saying goes, sometimes when one door closes, another one opens. I was offered a record deal out of Colorado with a company called Real West Productions. And Bryn Hill and Michael Martin Murphy, a few other, uh, R.W. Hampton, a few of those people were also signed to that label. So once again, I was in very good company. And uh, I've had a lot of great songwriter buddies now to write with and um, wrote for Ann Murray's publishing company for, gosh, I'd say five years or so, uh, but then um, got offered uh, another uh, opportunity to write for a um, publishing company owned by Charlie Daniels, and David Corley ran that company, and, and uh, so I signed on with them and, and wrote several of the songs off the new album that I released on Real West Productions from that uh, and, and this next song that I'd like to play for you, I've had the opportunity to sing on the Grand Old Opry many times, and, and it's one that I wrote for my folks' 50th wedding anniversary party and celebration that we had here on the ranch. And uh, it's really still one of my favorite shuffles to get out and play and hopefully get folks dancing or tapping their toes to. It's called After All. So 
I'm not kidding you. Ken and Barbie is their names. <laughs> and uh, she's a great writer. And in fact, they even did some touring with me. He played lead guitar and she played bass and they both sang great. So uh, that was uh, one of the several songs that Barbie and I wrote together as well. So uh, we continued on and I just continued to perform and, and touring was good. We were getting a lot of overseas bookings and I was enjoying that and very much and started taking the kids with me, even giving them experiences that, you know, really not a lot of other occupations that a mom could have would provide that. I mean, they went all over Europe and uh, lots of parts of Australia, uh, different places there, which we love that. And and so it was it was really a great period of time and uh, then that that label didn't end up going as far as we'd all hoped it would either but once again a label in Texas wild cattle records from a beautiful beautiful cattle ranch turned into kind of guest ranch decided to start a western label as well and I was their first artist that they signed um, Mickey Dawes ran that label he was also the president of the Western Music Association and uh, we uh, got the opportunity to record an album there um, in Nashville, and and it was so much fun. Once again, I chose and collected some of the best songs I thought would work for uh, the album debut there. And one of the things that I've always carried with me through the years was some advice that Jimmy Bourne gave me when I first met him. He said, "You you need to have a variety of songs. You can have." 
10 absolutely are the best ballads ever written, but if that's all you put on an album, it gets pretty tedious. You need to have your listener be able to take a ride with you and go up, take them high, and then bring them back down with maybe a slow, maybe not so, you know, sad song type thing. And and, uh, so that's definitely what I've tried to do ever since he told me that. And uh, one of the songs that we... We cut um, on the Let's Put the Western Back in the Country CD was one called Cowboy Up that, again, Mr. Wood Newton and I wrote. And uh, I had had the opportunity to tour some with Crystal Dew through all my rodeo connections and, and different things. And and Chris heard this song, and I was very blessed and honored that he ended up putting it on his last album. And it was his last single released to country radio. And uh, that song has also been on a a movie called Adventures of Pepper and Paula, and I did a video on this song over in Australia that you can look up and find on my website if you want to. So a very important song in my career and also one that, I, as I've mentioned it a couple of times throughout our show here, it's it's something we definitely need to do right now, and that's Cowboy Up. Was the new kid on the circuit, gold buckles in his eyes. But the horse he drew was plenty rank, and much to his surprise. He did a double backflip, landed on his head. This old cowboy limped out in the ring, leaned over him and said, You better cowboy up when you get thrown down. Get right back in the saddle As soon as you hit the ground You've heard that the tough get going When the going gets tough Around here all we say is Son, you better cowboy up By the end of last season he was among the best So he proudly called the girl back home Hoping she would be impressed But her mama said she married the guy He used to call his friend And before the first tear could fall These words came back again You better cowboy up When you get thrown down Get right back in the saddle Cowboy. 
Cowboy up. That's what we got to do. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, then uh, that label ended up not working out either. They had David Ball and Red Steagall and I on there, and uh, then Nikki passed away, and unfortunately, of cancer, and uh, things just didn't weren't able to continue on on that. So that was a very sad time as well. But and then not too long after that, uh, my mom passed away, and she was always such a supporter of my music, and we were best friends. Uh, I was 10 years younger than my brother Buck and sister Chris, and so it was really wonderful for me that my mom and dad were able to spend quite a lot of time with me, taking me to rodeos when I was rodeo queening, and support my passion for music. And my mom always used to say there's there's nothing you can't do if you put your mind to it, Johnny, and as long as you are doing it under, you know, God's will and also, she told me something that has always stuck with me, and I think it's so true, and I'd love to pass it on to to a lot of the young artists. Um, you know, you never need to go tell somebody how good you are. You just let them make their own decision on that and uh, let them hear you sing, and if they like you, they're going to support you and, and like you a whole lot more rather than you telling them how great you are. And another thing she said is it's a gift from God to be able to sing, and, you know, we we really are blessed to be able to get out. And because I know that uh, you can really make an impact on people and hopefully in a good way by singing and maybe being somebody that young people can look up to. And, and uh, so I, I make it a real point to try to dress nice. And that's thanks again to a lot of my sponsors. I try to uh, say positive things in my shows. Uh, try to write music that is going to maybe most for the most part you know maybe make people's lives a little bit better and 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 when they think about it maybe it's a, it can help them through a tough day and so with mom's passing i got inspired to write some music for a gospel album and uh this song is is definitely one that we need to think about i need to think about right now it's uh sometimes we do get afraid of what's in store tomorrow and and just get a little unsure of, of what to be expecting next, that as long as we keep our faith and trust in God, uh, we're all going to be just fine. So let's, let's play a little That's Faith right now. The song is called That's Faith.
that was off the live album in Ireland. And, uh, yeah, that's a wonderful Sharon family band, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But I do also have that album, That's Faith. And, and uh, that song is one that, like I said, I think is important for us to listen to right now with everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, after I recorded that album, uh, a couple of years went by and Olivia turned 15. And then when she turned 16, she said, Mama, I really want to go record an album in Nashville. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, it's time for me to record another one, too. So I booked a studio and, and asked him if we could maybe have a little bit better deal since I was funding this one. Um, if we did two CDs at the same time. And so she went in and recorded her first 10 song uh, CD and I did Harm's Way, which... Uh, uh, I want to do a, a song off of there, too. But, um, you know, coming from this ranch, which was homesteaded in 1872 by my great-great-grandfather, uh, it is almost 150 years old now. And it, it is a, a place that has inspired so many of the ideas for my songs. And uh, when I, you know, I, I just, my dad was a was a farmer, rancher, hardworking man. And, and one of the best things that I, that I hear when I go out somewhere and people say oh you you're John Harms's daughter is uh what a great person he was you know would, would share a farm with other people and and uh, help out anybody that, that might need a little extra help one day and boy you know those are some hard boots to fill but I, I think it was it's it's wonderful boots to try to fill and 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 I, I love thinking that maybe sometimes through my music I'm helping some people and uh this this next song, though, that I think we will play off of the Harm's Way CD, which, by the way, is the song that Hobo and I wrote together that first day in Anne Murray's publishing room, um, is one we wrote together called Buddy and Me. And dogs, Hobo says dogs are angels. And I would have to agree. I have had dogs ever since I was a youngster and never been without one. Hope I never am. In fact, they are usually the first ones to hear new songs that I write. <laughs> Sometimes we'll even go out to the barn and uh, sit on a bale of hay. I'll throw the cows some hay and say, well, you guys want to listen to a couple new ideas. And, and uh, boy, the cows sit there and stand there and eat and nod their head. And the dogs smile at me. And and uh, it's, it's it's pretty awesome. And, they you know, they, they are there for you through thick and thin. And... Um, Hobo at that time had a dog named Buddy, and I had a couple of them already, but Luke was starting to bug me about a dog of his own, and he said, Mom, I want a blue healer this time, because we've always had Border Collies and Australian Shepherds, and so I said, well, we'll see, and uh, I kid you not, I just got back from Nashville after recording this album, and I got a call from a rancher friend over by Pendleton, Oregon, and he said, I have this dog that just showed up here. It's a young heater pup. Uh, kind of, and, and he said, I don't know what to do with it. I don't need another dog. And he said, I've been trying to find out if anybody from the area is missing one, and, and nobody is. So he said, you don't know of anybody that might want one, do you? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, the rest is history. He sent me a picture of, of who we now call Buddy, and he's still pretty much the First, the little animal that runs this place. I'll tell you what, he is he is such a friend, and uh, he's sitting here looking at me right now. In fact, so so uh, Hobo and I were talking about that and how dogs are such a part of our lives, and I think they are to a lot of people. If it's not a dog, it's some sort of an animal, maybe a cat or horse or something that you might be able to relate to, Buddy and me.
So how wonderful is that, eh? <laughs> oh, but speaking of uh, that little bit of a sadder song, let's take you to the opportunity that I had to do a live album. Um, and that was in Ireland. I, I had got an email from a guy by the name of Tom Sheeran in Ireland, and he said, Joni, we're fans of your music over here, and um, my folks are getting ready to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary, and they love your song after all and several other ones. And he said, I see that you're going to be in Norway the end of June, first part of July. Would you by any chance be willing to come to Ireland and um, do a, a show with, with my family band uh, to surprise them for their anniversary? I thought, well, here we go. This is a complete trust of faith here because uh, I didn't know who the Sheeran family was from Adam. I had no, never heard of them before. And... Uh, thought, well, I don't know what kind of a band they'll be, but I've never been to Ireland, and I'd like to go. And I love the idea of surprising their folks for their 50th wedding anniversary, so why not? I'm already in Norway. Let's not, why not head on over to Ireland? So I did, and uh, wow, I, they're such a talented band, all family band, and they play darn near as good. As, as the opera band, when I get to play on the Grand Old Opera with them, they are absolutely unbelievable group of people and players. And I had so dadgum much fun there the first time that I went that I got invited back. And so I went back again, and lo and behold, there was a third time. And so I went again the third time, and we recorded a live album with the Sharon Family Band in a theater there. And, uh, well, that was fun. Talk about pressure, though. Kind of like being the first guest on Gary Holt's show. A lot of pressure. <laughs> but to do a live album, um, you know, you can't really have a second chance at anything you do on it. You really are right out there. Whatever you're singing and saying and doing is going to be on that album. And I remember, in fact, it was Buddy and me that I was playing. And I looked out in the front row, and here was a guy pulling his handkerchief out and blowing his nose and dabbing his eyes and, and just really crying from the song Buddy and Me. And I thought, oh, I just about lost it myself. And I said, oh, I can't. I'm doing a live album. I've got to keep it together. <laughs> so uh, so with that being kind of a sad song about Buddy and Me, um, I would love to choose this song that I wrote on the way from uh, the the place that I was playing at. I think it was uh, the show that I'd done in England then the third time that I was in Ireland. And uh, I was on the flight over, and I said, i got to write a, a song for the title of this, this album that I'm recording in Ireland. So uh, I did, and the band really took it over and ended up, you won't believe it, but the last song that they play at the tail of uh, the song that I wrote is one called The Irish Washwoman, which is a song that my dad always used to play on his concert uh, accord, concertina accordion and that was not planned they just uh, picked up on that and did it so that was dad from saying from heaven I think that I want to be part of this too Joni and uh, so here's from Oregon to Ireland so uh, I wrote a little song called from Oregon to Ireland and I think that's what we're going to title the CD now as well and uh, I might need my lyrics but we're going to give it a go to play it for you right now if you don't mind Oh. 
cold it was You know that Irish whiskey To toast the one you love Music takes you on a dance And now you understand That's why I had to come from Oregon to Ireland from Oregon to Ireland You say is way too far but Listen to my story while I sing and play guitar My songs brought us together And now I'm here to say The Sheeran Family Band Is why I'm here today Sometimes that'll perk you back up after everybody and they want a little bit of toe tap and music there for sure. What a great band and uh believe it or not, we got to be such good friends and I just believe so much in their talent that as much as I love recording in Nashville and all the great, great people there, just for fun, uh, a couple of years ago now, I guess it was two thousand end of two thousand eighteen, I was touring um several places, Oregon, Scotland. Uh, uh, Ireland, I mean, and France, and gosh, lots of great places. And so I took some extra time and went into Des Sheeran, the bass player and the producer of the live album from Oregon to Ireland, at a studio uh, on his place. And um, I said, you know what, I'd like to record another album with you. This is a very special album to me because it's my 13th. And a quick story that is kind of a fun one about Olivia um, when I was just about to have her, uh, the doctor said, well, um, I understand you would like to be able to play a gig on the 15th of June. And I said, that's, that's absolutely right. I said, I, I, it, it's a big show at the Portland Speedway with Ricky Skaggs and Clint Black and, oh, gosh, all kinds of artists were going to be there. And I was lucky enough to be one of them. And so I said, I, I just need to have this child in time to be able to do that show and so he said well okay if you haven't had it by the 13th of june come on in that morning so i did and i uh, got checked into room 13 and uh things were going along just fine and finally uh at 1 13 which of course military time is 13 13 along came olivia and uh, everything was great and i took her to the show with me on the 15th brought her out on stage and introduced her to folks and she's pretty much been traveling and singing with me ever since. So that is kind of how Lucky 13 came about. And I said, if I'm ever going to get to a 13th CD, that's what I'm going to call it. And I want to record 13 songs for that CD. 
And so I talked to Des Sheeran about this, and his little studio is, like I said, on his farm. And so I got up, and then every morning the loft uh, is where I stayed, just above the studio. So all I had to do in the morning was get up and have a cup of coffee and go down the steps, listen to the chickens uh, and the rooster crow outside, (laughs) and uh, record in the studio down below. And so that is where we recorded Lucky 13. And Luke, my son, I'm so proud to say, is taking over this branch. Uh, He raises cattle, and he also works for John Deere selling tractors. He's 21 years old now and is just doing very well. They really like him, and and he knows what he's talking about when he sells a tractor because that's pretty much what he's known out here. And for some reason, he's kind of got the gift of gab. I don't know where in the world he got that. But uh, anyway, since he is being a farmer now, uh, and Dad was, and Grandpa was, I said, there's got to be a song that I write on Lucky 13 that's about the farmers. And so this is what I came up with. God bless the farmers. God bless the farmers working seven days a week. Lord knows without them we wouldn't eat. The world's on his shoulders still proudly he stands. God bless the farmers of this land. They're already working when you start your day. Planting crops and feeding stock so you can And they do all that they can. 
Boy, I'm now more than ever, God bless the farmers, huh? I tell you, they uh, are keeping food on our tables through this virus and, and uh, you know, in the stores. All those folks are are uh, unbelievable with all they're doing, and, and uh, we thank you from, from the bottom of our hearts, that's for sure. And I also want to just say, you know, any way you can support um, local businesses, you know, restaurants are having a lot of takeout food or turning into kind of like a grocery store. I've heard some of them are, are selling, you know, product there. And everybody's struggling uh, in different ways. And I'm blessed to be out here on this ranch and have two freezers full of food and, a, and a, you know, area where we've got canned goods that we've canned from our garden and farm still. I try to still keep that going. And so we have plenty of food. But, um, you know, not everybody's so lucky. So try to help out any way you can. And, you know, I think about the folks that might be stuck in an apartment or something like that. Any way we can brighten their day. Maybe give the gift of music. You know, I'm, I'm so tickled that uh, Gary has this show now where people can listen to this. And hopefully bring it will bring some bright spots. But, you know, they're really also, I know a lot of people say CDs are out of style, but I love them. I love picking up a CD, holding it in my hand, looking at the pictures, seeing who wrote the songs, uh, maybe reading the lyrics to the songs if they're in there. And uh, so CDs are not out of style. Get get yourself some, folks. You know, through the websites, or I know there's also, you know, ways you can download, uh, and so you can get your music that way. But I know I really still enjoy when I look at my website and I see PayPal says, oh, somebody's ordered your CD and and they'd like you to sign it to so-and-so or whatever. And and so usually I'll write a little note and put in there with that. And I know so many of my friends in the music business would also just appreciate you download music. I know so many of them are trying to do things on Facebook. You're not getting anything for that. It's, it's, It's folks just doing it because they want to put a smile on your face if they can. And music does that. It's healing. Music is something that uh, when you put it on, it can take you to another place and get you away from all this craziness going on right now. So so let's support our musician friends and everybody else out there, folks. And with that, as much as I hate to see this uh, this wonderful time with Gary coming to a close, um, thank you again, Gary, for letting me be Living Room Sessions artist number one. Um, and I am proud of both my kids, Luke being a farmer now and Olivia following in my footsteps as a musician boy as a mom that makes me feel pretty proud two of the things that i'm most passionate about of all and uh olivia's ready to record her next album in fact we were scheduled to be there a month ago and record in nashville and because this virus came along uh and shut everything down we were not able to do that and had to postpone it and uh, so she she'll be watching for she's got some some great new music coming up and in the meantime, though, last year we decided to do something that we've had a lot of people ask for, and that was record some cover songs, you know, because I love to write, she loves to write, so very rarely do we record other people's songs, but uh, we've included these in some shows, and a lot of times people have asked who inspired me to write or sing, and in fact, on Lucky 13, there's a there's a song I wrote about Merle Haggard. And uh, another person who was always somebody I admired and, and their songs and always just such great country music with fiddle and steel guitar in there, which is so important to me, was, was Mr. Buck Owens. And so when we did the album, Our Favorites, which is, again, just solely cover songs of, of songs that we've loved through the years, uh, 
I did the opening song with, with Olivia singing back up. What we did is flip-flop back and forth with her singing harmony with me or me singing harmony with her. And uh, we did uh, Together Again, which is such a beautiful country song. And then Love's Gonna Live Here Again. And I believe that we just got to get through this. And Love's Gonna Live Here Again. We're going to be out doing shows. We're going to get back out as normal as we can again after something as traumatic as this. And folks, again, just can't thank you enough for tuning in to this show, supporting our music, supporting me and Olivia and all the other artists doing something that they love so much, and that is is, is music. So uh, best to all of you, and uh, let's do a little Together Again. Love's going to live here again. Together again My tears have stopped falling And the long Let's go live here. 
Harms has been our guest today for the premiere edition of the Living Room Sessions. And as I said when we first started the show, I couldn't think of a more talented performer and a fun guest. Joni, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, I had a ball. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully uh, we can do this and be together again sometime. And uh, and and I do believe that love's going to live here again. Uh, we just got to get through this. Uh, everybody take care of each other, and, and we'll get it done. Amen to that. But now when you were talking about uh, people supporting the artist, you did not tell us how we can get your music. So give us your website and, and tell us how we can purchase all of your music. And follow your tour schedule because eventually this will all open up again. So give us that address. Absolutely. I'd love to. Well, mine is www.joniharms.com. And, of course, that's spelled J-O-N-I-H-A-R-M-S. Olivia's is olivia13.com. And we are both on Facebook and uh, Spotify and uh, my gosh, I mean, you can even ask Siri to download some Joni Harms music. <laughs> 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 so, what's the other gal's name, Alexa? Yeah, Alexa, play some Joni yeah. Harms. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, pretty much all the ways out there, but I, I still enjoy sending out CDs. I know there's downloads on just about all the uh, avenues out there, and uh, we just appreciate all the support, that is for sure. And not only Olivia and I, but, but again, just... You know, so many other artists, we're all in this together. And, and so, you know, if you like good country music and uh, toe-tapping music, get out there and, and, and get you some. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a great first show, and we hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And uh, next Saturday, we'll have uh, Mr. Jim Jones joining us. And Jim is a great solo performer as well as being part of the Cowboy Way Trio. So you want to be sure and tune in for the living room sessions next week when our guest is Jim Jones. And then we want That's to remind good. you as well that you can listen to the Campfire Cafe with my co-host Bobby Jean Bell and Saddle of America. And that's every Thursday starting at noon. Joni, thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you, Gary. And I also wanted to mention that did you not say that this can also be on podcast whenever folks have time to tune in? It will be, and you can listen at our website, and you can listen on Google Play and Apple iTunes, and uh, there are several other ways you can listen to the show. But I guess the best way is to listen to our website, and that's at equestrianlegacy.net. Joni, I'm going to close this show out with one of my favorites that you do, and it's called Let's Put the Western Back in the Country, and you have certainly <laughs> done that today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gary, and you all take care out there. All right. Thank you. Let's put the Western back in the country, everybody. Traveling on a stage 
Okay. 